El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, mind your own business. Joining me today. I mean, he's my co-host on this podcast, and that's probably the most important detail. But he also hosts some other podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Jeff Has Cool Friends, Jeff Doesn't Even Like Sports. I might have got that name wrong, but I got the spirit of the podcast correct. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff May. Also joining me. He's one of the internet's favorite goddamn people. He hosts a podcast called Secretly Incredibly Fascinating that you should listen to if for no other reason than I've been on it a bunch. Ladies and gentlemen, we're always happy to have him here, Alex Schmidt. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Jeff, cut it out. What? I'm sorry? Stop. Alex, do you see we what Jeff like is doing? Coolie I do. You cut it out. <laughs> yeah, because you were mocking me. I don't do that. Alex and saw it. He honestly, said, "You're you're you're <laughs> tarnishing my good name." You don't have a I good do. name. You have a great name. You have a stupid name. People, People hate think you. My name is a stage name. That's how good my name is. Mm, I don't. I think it's, it's the a, white guyest white guy name you could imagine. I do think it's that. <laughs> hey, Jeff's back this week. I sure am. I my, sure am. My co-host uh, being great. Mm, that's debatable. Remains to be seen. But Jeff is back. Also back alex schmidt how's it going it's going great so good to be here feeling good me and alex are both fresh off of moves jeff it's true stuck in place i'm stuck making money moves hey (laughs) i hope everyone's doing good adam yeah i'm doing great that's good (laughs) i like to hear that very happy i got good i got good things happening not lying about the money moves yeah yeah i know i know i'm gonna tell people i'm gonna fuck it all up no, don't. Oh, I'm, no. Yeah, I'm going to tell everybody right here on the podcast. Here's what's happening. Jeff robbed somebody last night. It was Alex. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I knew it. Welcome to New York, kid. <laughs> hey. There I was in Brooklyn. So we got a real upbeat episode this week. I finally have time to do research again. So uh, sorry, everybody. Buckle up. because I can't uh, believe you did your personal top 50 Pokemon in this short amount of prep time. You know, that's hard to put together. I mean, I've had that list kicking around in my head. I just needed to put it put it on wax so to speak (laughs) ranking them on sexual attraction is a weird way to do it but i'm not but effective (laughs) because they did end up ranked you know no we're we're talking about war this week yay yeah not just a poke battle but an actual war (laughs) actual world war three it feels like we're gearing up it feels like we are picking sides and getting ready to all just fight. Look, according to the film Star Trek First Contact, we're about 20 years away from World War III. So. Oh, man. 
I hope we're that far away because once we hit that age, like by then I'll be like in my sixties. Now I want to, I, I plan to live to be like 120, but if a world war takes me out in like my eighties or nineties, I will have lived a full life. It'll be fine. Fighting on the front lines. No, I'm not going to fight. You kidding me? I'm just going to, I'm just going to move to whoever, whatever country wins. I'm just going to move there. I'm going to be like, (laughs) put a machine gun on me with a remote control and I'll just walk in there. I'll walk into China or wherever we're fighting. Yeah, I guess if I was super old when it started, I'd be like, fuck it. I'll go shoot some people. Yeah, vest me up. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, if it's enough of an autonomous mech suit situation, you can just ride in it, you know? Like then you're then it's like a theme park ride, except terrible. I wouldn't do that. I mean, I'm going to be uh, 100% honest. You ever see uh, the elderly drive, Alex? Mm. Oh. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be driving my mech through a farmer's market by accident. You know? I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's how we win the war. We just send a bunch of old people onto the front lines driving. Driving old Cadillacs into the front lines. <laughs> like the generals are like, I didn't know the mechs had emergency flashers. Why is he going 20 with the flashers on on the mech? That's interesting. The mech left the blinker on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking about China. Hey, hey, I'm fucking China over here. <laughs> We've talked about China before. I think we actually did an episode about how we maybe should go to war with China. And I don't know if we need to, but they are acting up. They've been uh, pretty wild on the world stage lately. Not us, just China. It would sort of be like if if you were seeing like just a massive dude being an asshole in public and you're like, man, I really want to correct this guy's behavior, but that's not going to be good for me if I do that. Yeah, yeah it, it's a it's a daunting prospect fighting China just because there are so many people there. And I got to be honest, even somehow less scrupulous than us uh, as a as a government. And we are pretty low on the on the scrupulous chart. So one of the things that's interesting and alarming about China in particular, whenever two consecutive administrations agree on something and they are from separate parties, it's time to worry. And Trump and Biden vehemently agree on how to proceed when it comes to China. I mean, it's not the only thing they agree on. It's just the only thing they agree on that they're honest about. I feel like Biden and Trump have similar views on immigration also. Call me crazy. It could just be the millions of deportations that happened under Obama. But uh, something about Biden tells me he doesn't mind the immigration crisis being handled the way it is. Mm. But let's talk about China. We have to travel back in time. To July 2020. I'd rather not go back to that specific uh, time, please. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's definitely not a simpler time. It's I was just having a rough go in July of 2020. Yeah, it's just a it's just a time. It's not a simpler time. It, it's not it wasn't a worse time. It's just a time. The way, like the way pandemic a- months go, that also could be yesterday. Like I had to ask myself how long ago that is. <laughs> yeah, it's time doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Like, all of these months have essentially been the same, it feels like, except for that brief little period where we like, COVID's over. No, it's, it's not. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's not. So, July 2020, that's when former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who was a real piece of shit, gave a bonkers speech at the Richard Nixon Presidential Library in Yorba Linda, California. Title of that speech, Communist China and the Free World's future there's a beautiful irony in going to the nixon library to do that (laughs) the first president to visit communist china yeah he basically shows up at the nixon library and is like hey that thing nixon started 50 years ago 
it's not working. Fuck that. We got to do something different. And yeah, that is a bold yeah. place to do that. Yeah, that's that that is pissing <laughs> on a grave. I mean, not like it's like a you know I would piss on that grave too, but yeah. not in that way. I mean, literally. Yeah, it's a grave that deserves to be pissed on for sure. I'm glad Nixon died just like everyone else. But uh, in that speech, yeah, he said our 50-year history of engagement with China has been a massive failure and that it's time for the free societies of the world to stand up to Beijing. Yeah, tell them that's a massive failure, but then tell the American people that they're going to have to pay triple the price for their fucking phones. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. See how quickly the American populace gets behind American made goods. That's theoretical only. And then there's the thing of just like, and it goes beyond those 50 years, but like so many people going back and forth between China and the U.S. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to go way into it, but my my fiance, her parents are from China. Like it's it's and many other people's families are, too. And like it, I I don't know how Mike thinks we're just going to, like, close the faucet on a re- on centuries of relationship with this country. I, I don't get it. Historically, uh, many people uh, and I've, I did research this. Many people come from China. Yes, <laughs> I have heard that. I mean, citation needed. I didn't put a link in the notes, but I'm sure we can find some confirmation of that. I used to teach Chinese history, baby, and I'll tell you, it goes back hundreds of years. Mm. <laughs> Agree to disagree. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. So he gives that speech back in July. Then less than 24 hours before leaving office, Pompeo issued another official statement accusing China of committing genocide. Genocide. In their treatment of the Ouija Muslims. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing. Yes, they are. Yep. They yeah, are. Yeah, they are. Absolutely committing genocide when it comes to Ouija Muslims. But with the world being what the world is, there was a whole side of the country that was like, don't be racist and criticize China. It's like, that is not racist. Get out of here. The best is when people like uh, LeBron and John Cena say something and then they immediately go, I'm so sorry for saying the thing that I said about China. It's like, yeah. oh man, <laughs> just get fired, man. You got, you're rich enough. Yeah. Right, every celebrity's tweet and then follow up tweet about Hong Kong. Like, honestly, actually, I didn't do my first tweet. Um, never yeah. mind. <laughs> like, like there's definitely something where like, if you're LeBron, you would be cemented as the greatest of all time. If you talked shit on China and then they were like, oh, we're going to kick you uh. out of the NBA. And he's like, all right, cool, yeah, that, do it. <laughs> that would that, give you Muhammad Ali status. That happened with the GM of the Houston Rockets. He tweeted a thing criticizing China over the concentration camps they're throwing Muslims in. And the NBA was like, you do not talk bad about China. And he was like, fucking fire me. I'm a GM. I'm rich, baby. And they did. They fired him and he just went to a different team. So, I don't know. Fucking, I mean, kind of. Like, come on, John Cena. You can do it. You don't need wrestling money anymore you don't need wwe yeah. money you got dc comics movie money that's got to be like a couple couple thousand dollars right china can't see you <laughs> come on <laughs> let's send him in there yeah send john cena and will smith in we'll get everything taken care of quick what's ironic about mike pompeo coming out at the in the death throes of the trump administration and calling this a genocide is that according to john bolton's book about trump when this news came out he actually had a phone call with the president of china xi jinping and he was like hey i think those concentration camps are the right thing to do and we actually support what you're doing so don't even worry about it so please tell me more about how tough trump was on china 
I would also like to add that Trump approving concentration camps is the least surprising piece of information that we've received in this so far. It sure is. Yeah. So China disagreed, obviously. They called Pompeo a doomsday clown, which that is funny. That's great, yeah. And (laughs) they said the allegations are, quote, outright sensational pseudo-propositions and a malicious farce concocted by individual anti-China and anti-communist forces represented by Pompeo. That's us. He's talking about us, the United States. And Jeff specifically. Yeah, one of the pseudo-propositioners, Jeff May. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a doomsday clown. What do you want from me? <laughs> doomsday clowns, that's ICP, right? Insane Clown Posse? That's them. One yeah, of them, like the, one or, of them like seems the... doomed because <laughs> they just stopped making music because one of them's sick. Go on, Jeff. I was oh. going to say, the, the Joker the Joker's a bit of a doomsday clown. That's a good wow. one. John Wayne Gacy was a doomsday clown if you were it. of the right age. Yeah. It, it seems like a, a doomsday clown. It has a name, Jeff, and Remember it's Pennywise. It from It? <laughs> it from it yeah the clown named it yeah a clown named it that's my favorite johnny cash song <laughs> laughing ain't easy for a clown named it so the china also put sanctions on donald trump mike pompeo and mike pence and a bunch of other high-ranking trump officials that'll show them Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not McDonald's. You're not going to put a lot of dent in Trump's life by putting a sanction on it. <laughs> yeah. And sanctions do end up working a lot like when a major corporation has to make some kind of change for safety reasons. They're like, all right, we're doing we'll do it. But we're going to take the money we spend from the people. Like when we put sanctions on Venezuela, that whole regime was just like, all right, our people are already starving. They can starve a little more. We'll, we'll still be fine. That's usually how it works. So, like I said, whenever a previous Republican administration and a current Democratic administration agree on something, it's usually trouble. Mm. Like how Obama used the International Emergency Economic Powers Act to declare Venezuela a threat to national security. Anyone, anyone waking up nervous about when Venezuela is going to strike? They are encouraging their people to <laughs> raise rabbits for food and we think they have the capability to wow. launch a full-scale strike in the united states i don't think so rabbit's good though i have heard Rabbit i've never had good, it actually yeah so that's one of the few things that obama did that trump did not undo when he came into office you might remember trump when he got elected was like i'm i'm gonna undo everything obama did not this he, he kept this going, and it's worth noting, during the Trump administration, we tried, I think, three times to launch a coup in Venezuela. It failed every mm. time, but we yeah, sure we were trying, and we'll yeah, probably try you got to do it three times, you know? Otherwise, the joke doesn't work. Yeah, the old college try. Yeah. Otherwise, the coup doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a hilarious coup. <laughs> uh, so this time around, it's China that we agree on, meaning Biden and Trump. That's what makes the these claims that China hacked our election in favor of Biden so fucking crazy. Like the people who bring up the big lie in the election being stolen are always the kind of people who are like, I do my own research. And here's the thing, America, when someone says I do my own research, what they're really saying is, I get all my news and information from Twitter. That is the only thing I do my own research means. Because if you were to look into these claims that, oh, China hacked our election to get Biden elected, Biden and Obama were way tougher on China than Trump 
ever was. And it's disappointing because I know people who voted for Trump for that very reason. They're like, well, he's tough on China. No, he's not. For one thing, he told Xi Jinping to build concentration camps, but also he just talked tough. Like everything he did in regards to China just raised the prices of Chinese goods in the U.S. and also cost us thousands of jobs. So it didn't hurt China. But when Obama tried to enter into the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which we were in for a while, that actually did kind of negate China's influence in that region. And then Trump immediately pulled out of it. And now China is back to being the human rights abusers they always were. Good for them. For so, though, you know, like when, and because Trump's such a like reflexive liar that anything he talks about, I just aired on the side of it's a lie, even if it sounded plausible, you know. So like if he's talking specifically about being tough on a country, he's not. Like, I, I believe he was tough on Venezuela because it didn't come up so much in what he said and how he branded himself. But the other thing, no. Yeah, I've said before with Trump, the only time he's really honest is when he goes off script. Those are the moments when you catch yeah. him saying things he's not supposed to say. But when he's just staying on script, it's all lies. But here's the thing. He's an American president. So name one who didn't mostly spout lies when they went. Sure. In front of the people. We've never really had a good one. We've just had ones that were less worse than others. Well, it's like even like Biden (laughs) said relatively recently, right, that the 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 Pompeo speech, they're like, yep, that that's us. We were there. Yeah, that's fucking we're like we're we're mm -hmm. with the doomsday clown. Yeah, that's how hard we agree with the Trump administration on this is. uh, Yeah, we we came out and in 2021, July 2021. So about a year later, that was a year ago. Yeah, (laughs) feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we this is a quote from Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. The United States. Sorry, wait, what was his name? Abe Lincoln. Oh, if you, if you alive. Were, end quote. It was really were, interesting to hear him say that. If you use just his first initial, it's yeah. Abe Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> this is a quote from Abe Lincoln. The United States reaffirms its July 13th, 2020 policy regarding maritime claims in the South China Sea. So very literally, we were like, yep. That's uh, we we maintain that position. He also added this, which is super important. We also reaffirm that an armed attack on Philippine armed forces, public vessels or aircraft in the South China Sea would invoke U.S. mutual defense commitments. Look, we here's the thing Mm. is that lessons were learned from Chamberlain's actions during World War Two with Hitler, where you're like, you're going to cut it out. And they're like, all right. And then they just kept doing everything, you know, like, so now at this point in time, we're like, well, we're not going to just let them take whatever they want, because then they'll just get stronger and stronger and stronger. It amounts to us having to side with some unfortunate allies. Like we're, we're calling out China for committing genocide. I don't know if what Duterte is doing in the Philippines amounts to an actual genocide, because it's not targeting one specific ethnicity or culture but the way he's killing drug addicts is not great it's like Mm. a it's like a dictatorship for sure yeah and now he's promising that whoever gets elected next he's going to be their vice president so he will still technically be president oh he took a russian playbook move here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and when obama was in office we were 
widely criticizing his war on drugs in the Philippines. But now that China's acting up, now that we pulled out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, we kind of have to be friendly with the Philippines again. And we are. And we have gone on record and said we will defend their rights to their property in that region. So the reason that statement is important We've had a mutual defense treaty in place with the Philippines since 1951, which means if they get attacked, we will come to their aid. But we've always kind of demanded that disputes between China and their neighbors over stuff like this be handled by way of U.N. arbitration. So what Pompeo is saying is a pretty big shift in our policy, and the Biden administration is continuing with it. So again, big lie enthusiast, Biden is not soft on China. You're just fucking gullible. And so now let's cut to this week. This week. Whoa, now? <laughs> no. Right now. We're doing a current <laughs> event on our current events podcast? Huh? Crazy. Get out of here. A couple of days ago, the US, UK, and Australian governments all put out a statement saying that they had a big announcement coming the morning of September 15th. And it was real Apple event vibes. Like they were like, this is going to be huge. You're going to want to tune in. Yeah, and we're all going to say the same thing with slightly different words. Yeah. yeah. Moderately <laughs> different accents. We're going to talk it up there in the whizwagger. <laughs> <laughs> and Extra when this use and spellings. Yeah, you know, that's the deal. <laughs> when this announcement came out, a lot of journalists covering it were like, oh, this is going to be some war shit. This is definitely going to be, I hope we're not going to war. And we're not yet, but it was definitely some war shit that they announced. They announced a new alliance between us and those other two called the AUKUS Partnership, which is a, a, a portmanteau of all of the names of the countries. And we were not at all shy about saying, yeah, this is meant to confront China and their influence in the region. And as part of that agreement, we also gifted Australia with a fleet of nuclear submarines, which that doesn't sound quite as bad. Uh, those aren't submarines that have nuclear weapons on them because that would have been huge because Australia doesn't possess nuclear weapons. So if we had been like, here, have a few. You know why? Because <laughs> they just come back after you launched them. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And you have to launch them in the opposite direction when you're in Australia for them to get like if yeah. it's east here, you got to launch them west in Australia. Yeah, well, they because they explode. It's the Coriolis effect. Yeah, they explode in reverse, <laughs> like how the toilets move in an opposite yeah. direction. Everything's weird in Australia, man. Yeah, that's what I they think, do. They just put some of their weird animals in a ship and then they just push it to another place. That's that would do up. the job. <laughs> like if they dropped a bomb filled with those fucking horse spiders they got down there. Woof. It's going to take over any country. All right. Have that. a good eye. <laughs> That's how Mad Max happened. Just one of the zoos opened up and everybody's like, all right, we're in trouble now, mate. I never I want to visit Australia. I, I only know these things about it that are like tropes. And I, I, it sounds like very rural and kind of California at the same time. And also, I don't know how that's a military power to oppose China. It seems like it's just our buddy in another part of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's just, hey, do you guys remember Crocodile Dundee? It was awesome. Yeah. That's our whole connection. <laughs> it was awesome, though. It was very awesome. I love Crocodile Bundy. Are you kidding me? It's so good. Yeah. So the, the nuclear submarines, <laughs> they just run on nuclear power. And they're way quieter and faster and more efficient than conventional diesel-powered subs. And that's important because Australia is our closest ally in the South China Sea 
region where China is not only trying to claim a bunch of islands that belong to other countries, most notably the Philippines, who, again, we're cool with now, but they're also building their own islands in the region. They've been doing this for years. We did an episode of the What in the World podcast about it in like 2017, and they're literally just going out into the South China Sea and dredging up sand from the the floor of the sea and using it to build islands. And then they're putting fucking military bases on those islands. Well, we so made an island too. It's floating in the Pacific, right? Oh yeah, the garbage island. Yeah. Yeah. We should put a bomb on it or something. Yeah, yeah we should put a military base put, on that put, thing. Put like a jet on that big island of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and just push it toward the countries we want to threaten. Damn right, You're going to be man. in trouble in six months when that gets there. Put some Australian uh, fauna on that thing. <laughs> That'll do the trick. Bunch of dirty diapers and dingoes washing up on China and see what happens. Yeah, kangaroos can fight, man. Do you ever see the bull kangaroo videos? The ones with like the, the alpha? Big fucking chest. They're, they're all jacked. It's like, what gym do you go to? So, yeah, the gist is China is trying to increase their influence in the South China Sea region, including encroaching on our allies. And we're not willing to let it happen. And we've already suggested we'll use the military to stop it. Because if we didn't have the Philippines, if war did break out in China, man, we got a hard time getting our supplies over there. Because the Philippines is a perfect midpoint between us and China. So we could fly shit to the Philippines and then just carry on to china from there are they one of the spam countries that we just fucking decided that we would start selling spam in because we didn't want to sell it in the states i don't think the philippines is one of those countries because we, we need them too much as an ally to destroy them through diabetes yeah. and the u.s also uh, colonized the philippines uh, in a big way and like uh, took it from the spanish colonizers we sure did wow USA. fake news USA. <laughs> we yeah, that's what we're like, hey, hey, give it back. Yeah. <laughs> so China definitely didn't like this, where we came out and said, hey, we'll fuck you up if you try and do anything in the Philippines. But uh, France, also a very negative opinion of this deal to give Australia nuclear submarines because Australia already had this like $16 billion deal in place with France. And France was going to give them a whole new fleet of submarines. And then they were just like, nah, we'll have the American ones. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you something. We are very upset about the fact that you would take our nuclear submarine contracts and shit on them. We were going to ride our bicycles <laughs> with our striped T-shirts and berets and the baguette in our armpit. And we are I going to make sure everybody was OK with the military. We want our nuclear submarine deals back. Give them back. <laughs> I've only I've only visited France once for like two days. Ooh, and, wow, uh, Mister Inter, the inter, intercontinental right. champion All of this right. podcast. <laughs> but I, everybody was kind of a jerk, and I found it very comforting. I was like, good, my expectations have lined up. Great, like I, I didn't have many good experiences with people there. <laughs> yeah, that's the second New York accent. <laughs> uh, fuck you, I'm uh, walking over here. <laughs> I feel like that thing where people in France are jerks, it's probably just because we're there. Like, they're jerks to us because Entirely American possible. tourists are uh, historically awful. I would like to add totally. that uh, being awful to Alex Schmidt is a declaration of war, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's one of the reasons all this is happening. It's what it's kicked true. it all off. Thank Fuck you, your Alex. subs, France. 
Fuck you. You be mean to Alex? I'll break your fucking legs, France. Yeah, and now we're at war. I'll come across the Pyrenees yeah. at the goddamn Moors. Fuck you. <laughs> in that in that AUKUS acronym, the A stands for Alex's. It's my alliance, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. it's going great. Alex UK US. <laughs> the Australians were like, don't put us in the name. And we're humble. Don't need it. Yeah. No, yeah. Are they? Uh, you know, give it to Alex. <laughs> Wait, real quick, quick question. Is he racist? <laughs> nope. No? Ah. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Anyway. So we're doing all this tough talk when it comes to China. And what's the one thing we know this country will go to war over? It's our financial interests and our business interests and our influence in any specific region. We're especially worried about Hong Kong right now. Because mainland China, if you're not familiar, recently passed this huge national security law that uh, governs Hong Kong, and it makes pretty much any dissent an act of terrorism. And one of the things they listed as dissent that could be labeled terrorism is conspiring with foreign countries or governments. But they didn't give any explanation as to what that means exactly. So... (laughs) It's so broadly defined that it could very easily just mean working with an American company. So as a result, the Biden administration issued a warning to U.S. businesses that they should maybe consider not doing business there anymore. Mm. And at the same time, they announced sanctions against uh, seven Chinese officials. So basically, we're telling American companies not only that China might act up if they do business there, but those companies might also be subject to U.S. sanctions for dealing with Hong Kong. And man, is that a surefire way to rally corporate America behind the idea of launching a war? Because uh, corporate America rules this country. And if we're telling them to get out of Hong Kong, they're going to be like, (laughs) no thanks. How about we just take this fucking place back? We have a lot of money tied up in Hong Kong. Of the top 20 American companies operating in Hong Kong, seven of them are huge financial institutions, like including like Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Bank of America. Also includes companies like Google, Amazon, Apple, IBM, which is surprisingly high on the list. Number four, Apple and Google don't even crack the top 10 and Amazon is 20th, but IBM fucking killing it. So get ready for the IBM wars, everybody. That's going to be fun. Does the I stand for international? Is it international business machines? I think so. It's actually intergalactic planetary, (laughs) planetary intergalactic. So in terms of numbers, the U.S. was Hong Kong's second largest market for goods as recently as 2017. 43% of Hong Kong's total trade consists of exports going between the U.S. and China. We have around $61 billion tied up in Hong Kong business interests as of Did you say $61 million? $61 billion, Jeff. Whoa. What? Get the H out of here. Sorry for cursing. Please don't curse. On the list of cities with the highest concentration of billionaires in the world, Hong Kong is number three behind Beijing and New York City. So, Ooh, now yeah. that Alex is there. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. I flipped it. Thank you. Just added one to the list. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so this is absolutely the kind of shit we'd go to war over. We have started so many wars for less. And our influence in Hong Kong, like we haven't even brought up Taiwan. Like, Taiwan is the same thing, where we're really buddying up to them in a way that China doesn't like. And so, with us losing access to Hong Kong, we're really losing influence in that region. And I'm telling you, we are not going to fucking stand for that. 
at all. We never do. No, that's correct. Yeah. And the team we're building for that fight goes way beyond the AUKUS partnership. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Yes, yes. The Rush Hour <laughs> partnership team, yeah. was the and, original one. And not France. They're sitting it out, <laughs> folks. So even before the AUKUS partnership, we were aligned with the UK and Australia in an intelligence gathering group awesomely called the Five Eyes. This is an (laughs) intelligence alliance between the five Anglosphere countries, US, UK, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. Goes back 70 years, the oldest intelligence alliance in the world, and it definitely has nothing to do with maintaining white supremacy. No. I don't know why you would even think that. Uh, I mean, who who (sighs) among us wouldn't have our five eyes white supremacy thing going on here? I mentioned on a podcast once that it seems like something meant to uphold white supremacy. And as frequent commenters often do, someone who was listening just like Googled it and was like, oh, it's not anything about white supremacy. They just share intelligence. And it's like they're not going to put white supremacy in their fucking mission statement. Like, (laughs) use your context clues, man. Yeah, I think Google has told me all the information about this secret intelligence organization. I think I just found it through a quick Google. I know. Just a a Uh, cursory Google search. uh, I emailed them and asked if they were upholding white supremacy, (laughs) and they said no. So, you're wrong, Adam. (laughs) And the thing is, they used to all just spy on their own citizens and then tell each other, what they found. And here's the thing about the five eyes. We didn't know this existed until 2013. When, if you remember Edward Snowden in all of his information that he leaked, one of the things was that we were spying on Germany and we had, I think, tapped Angela Merkel's phone. That was the five eyes. And that's when we found out this alliance that formed after World War II. That's how we found out it existed. So, yeah, they're a little secretive. <laughs> yeah, like, we're still on you, Germany. <laughs> like I said, they all just used to spy on each other's own citizens and share that information. But over the past couple years, they've changed their game to more of a, uh, hey, let's fuck up China kind of operation. And they went so far as to issue a statement saying how much of a threat China poses to the world and that they're going to deal with it. China obviously took exception to that, but... The Five Eyes sidestepped any criticism that they were trying to control world affairs by issuing a statement saying that they don't direct any country what to do. They simply inform those countries of what's going on and let them make their own decisions. And then they pulled a really 1984 slash Trump administration move by saying they don't even issue statements, which is a weird thing to say in the midst of an official statement about China's objections. We don't even issue statements. Like, it seems like they would have delivered it in, like, bitchy teen (laughs) voice. I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) And it it really is some doublespeak, because what they're saying is their statements aren't statements. They're simply statements of shared concern by like-minded countries. You have the word statement in your denial that this isn't a statement. Fucking, what is happening? So they're statements. Yeah, that backs yourself up into a corner. And (laughs) this idea that they don't direct other countries what to do, tell it to New Zealand. Because New Zealand, who has a really cool prime minister. Is that a prime minister in New Zealand? I think so. Jacinda Ardern? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out the actual title. Yeah, I believe it's prime minister. Premier, prime minister, president. Uh, yeah, whatever. Rugby cool captain. Cool-ass dictator for life. CEO. <laughs> and that is uh, Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, New Zealand at first objected to the idea of the five eyes being used to pressure China. And it was the Britney Spears Vegas wedding of objections because less than 24 hours, they were back in front of the world like, hey, we didn't mean that. We really appreciate everything the Five Eyes Alliance does for us. I'm and need you we're to do sorry. that in a New Zealand accent, please. Start again. Uh, go ahead. You do it. I need you to do it, please. No, I'm not. I don't do offensive accents. That's all you About do. white people. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> hey, we're so sorry. We're, we're so happy with everything that the Five Eyes has done for us. And uh, we, we obviously agree with the rest of the group when it comes to China. Oh, hey, <laughs> Auckland, New York. That's great. <laughs> Hey, the island that never sleeps. We're Kiwis over here. Hey, we got birds that don't fly over here. We got no snakes. Did you know that? No snakes in in New Zealand. Yeah, because that's where St. Patrick, uh, he sent them all to Australia. Yeah, he tossed them all in the ocean. So One by one. Just spinning them like a lasso and launching them into the ocean. That would be fun. That would be so funny. Just like like holding his, like, that staff that they always show him with a fucking... Yeah, you that know, crook in thing. those stained glass windows with like a pope hat, just spinning snakes around and whipping them into the ocean. It's got like stack cast numbers, like a baseball game. Like that one really, really went far, as you can see. He Look barreled it. Look at the exit velocity on that one. Oh my! The ninety-four mile an hour asp. That is a record. So China obviously doesn't like all of this build up that the five eyes are doing and they in fact in response to all this accused the five eyes of trying to build a worldwide front against them they also called the five eyes a quote axis of white supremacy which uh Mm. yeah i do think that's probably correct you know both parts are correct but china's like why would you do such a thing calling us out for our awful atrocities <laughs> it's like it's yeah. being like they're yeah. trying to turn the world against our genocide. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. It would be like Hitler issuing a thing, being like, oh, "These guys are just trying to turn the world against us." Well, yeah, they they do kind of. I mean, they don't have a point in that uh, their genocide is a thing that's justified. But this notion that that's what we go to war over is protecting human rights. That's just a lie. Like, how many genocides have happened in the world just in the past 20 or so years that we did nothing about? We'd be spending a lot more time in sub-Saharan Africa if we gave a Mm. shit about human rights. And that's where we're going to go next. Back when all of the Russia investigation stuff was happening, I swear every time news about that would come out, it was a good time to look around and go, okay, what else is happening? Because something else is happening that they don't want us to worry about. And, Mm. uh... When one of the first big drops of information in the Russia investigation came out, that same day, we went in front of Congress and we're like, hey, you know how we have a standing order that allows us to just conduct warfare in the Middle East to fight terrorism? We want to do that in Africa, too. And it didn't pass, but also no one knew it was happening. So it could have passed and we still wouldn't have known. And uh, yeah, Africa is actually pretty important because China is going into Africa currently and issuing all of these loans in exchange for resources like gold because they need it to make smartphones and shit. And they're issuing all these loans to these African nations knowing 
damn well that they're not going to be able to pay them back. And then at some point, China will just be able to go in and go, all right, you didn't pay us back, so now all this is ours. All right, now we own Chad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the People's Republic of South Sudan. There it is. What? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, they called us out for white supremacy. They pointed to moves made by other Five Eyes countries, like Australia demanding an investigation into the origins of the coronavirus, uh, Canada arrested the CEO of Huawei on our behalf. And uh, they're not wrong. Way back in 2018, Reuters was reporting that the Five Eyes were working with Germany and Japan to build a coalition against China. China back then accused the U.S. of using the Five Eyes to control their allies and then using the G7 and NATO to control the world. To be fair, Germany and Japan teaming up against China historically has had negative consequences for China. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I guess I guess with Japan being involved, I take back the white supremacy part. They've never done anything to uphold that. Yeah, they certainly weren't considered uh, honorary Aryans. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why they're the ones who got the bomb dropped on them during World War II. Weird. It's crazy. Well, I mean, who else were we fighting at that point in time? Germany, I mean, we could drop Germany it. Germany had already surrendered. We could drop it. Anyway, I know. We, we've talked about this. I yeah. don't think we needed to drop that at yeah. all. Fair enough. But this is a quote from a People's Daily article about the Five Eyes. Closely following the U.S. can have benefits, but that does not mean it doesn't have costs. Just as Faust said, if you want more benefits than what you yourself are able to obtain, then you have to sell your soul to the devil. For Canada, Australia, and others, they need to give up some of their sovereignty. And yeah, that's, I think we demand that of our allies. Like, if you want to be friends with us, you listen to what we say. Any reference to Faust, I'm never like, oh, this will probably turn out great at the end of the reference. Like, it'll be like, it's just like in Faust when the, the writing is very beautiful or something. That's never where it goes, man. <laughs> there is one yeah. Faust thing. <laughs> yeah. A Chinese foreign ministry spokesman took it a little bit further, saying that if anyone, quote, dared harm China's sovereignty, they should be aware that their eyes could be blinded. Yeah, that's a cool way to reference Damn. the five eyes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also said the Chinese never stir trouble, but they aren't afraid of trouble either, whether they have five or ten eyes. Mm. I feel like you sometimes stir trouble, guys. They've started a little, <laughs> I, don't I know would if argue. I guys have seen the things you do to your own people, but that is stirring trouble. Speaking mm -hmm. of them stirring trouble, one of the things that has threatened to undo the Five Eyes Alliance after seven decades is uh, 5G infrastructure. The 5G might remember. Yeah, you might remember that the U.S. was uh, actively fighting against Huawei, a Chinese company that is actually the third largest smartphone maker in the world. Everyone else loves them except us. They were saying that China is trying to spy on the entire world by installing this 5G infrastructure. And most of the rest of the world was like, I don't think so. I think it's just cheap internet that we can build and uh, it will help our nations very much. And so four of the five Five Eyes countries were like still considering installing Huawei equipment. And the, there were suggestions that this rift could undo the Five Eyes altogether. And again, Far be it for me to suggest that we might start a war for financial reasons, but the U.S. versus Huawei is essentially a fight for the future of making money off of 5G infrastructure, and we definitely want that money. We want that money so bad. 
We just don't want people in rural areas to have fast access to internet. But we've seen what happens to people in rural areas when they get access to the internet. I don't know if you've seen a lot of people's parents on Facebook, but I actually I have a theory about that. I think it's the opposite. I think people in rural areas have shitty access to internet, and that's why all these right wing websites look like they were built in 1997. Because they're going to mm. run better on shitty websites or okay. on shitty internet. And so it's to the benefit of Republicans, at least, to make sure people in rural areas don't have ready access to information. Because then you can just kind of funnel what information you want that their way. That is an interesting theory. Mm. It probably in, has uh, something more along the lines of, like, they don't have access to good computer programming in, like, in their cults and their militias. For the record, I used to own a Huawei phone, and it was great. I love it's probably my favorite phone I've owned in recent years, but very hard to find now. Why? But why? Why? <laughs> but Adam, if you have a Huawei phone, some of your thoughts might become public, right? They might get broadcast to others. So, yeah, I wouldn't that, want that. Know? I wouldn't want people to know what kind of stuff I'm researching and thinking about and reading. Yeah. Get a, get even, out of my pocket, China. Even multiple times a week, people could be knowing what you're saying, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's very dangerous. <laughs> Can't put stuff like that on the internet. But <laughs> now it seems like the Five Eyes Alliance is back in lockstep when it comes to China. And uh, not only that, it seems like what's way more likely to happen is that the Five Eyes will become eh, like Nine Eyes. Nine eyes. J- the nine eyes. Nine eyes. Uh, Japan seems like they're going to join for sure. Back in April, the idea was floated, and Japanese ambassador to Australia, Yamagami Shingo, said he hoped, quote, for this idea to become reality in the future, and that he is very optimistic about the near future. Uh, bringing in Japan would obviously be a move aimed at China, but the expansion probably won't end there. What I didn't know is the five eyes kind of work like professional soccer. In Europe, where you got your your top level, you got your your Premier League teams, and then there's tiers below them. There is uh, the second tier currently consists of Denmark, France, Norway, and the Netherlands. They all have something in common. What is it? They're European white guys. Mm, Imagine that. The third tier includes Germany, Belgium, Spain, Italy, and Sweden. Once again, lots of white guys in that mix. And then the fourth tier includes South Korea, Israel, Japan, and Singapore. You know how less white that is? Get him out of here. It's significantly less white, but when we're talking South Korea, for example, like there's a South Korean CIA, and they're like, we run it. Like we, we have an intelligence wing of the CIA operating in South Korea. Like South Korea is going to do anything we say, hmm. because otherwise we're just going to be like, all right, you fucking deal with North Korea then. They're right there. You know that, right? And so like South Korea is going to fall in line. Israel, I don't know if we've ever worked with Israel on any kind of world-destroying efforts before, but uh, I'm sure we can get in bed. And then Japan and Singapore. It seems like Japan is just going to jump everyone and go from fourth tier to first tier. There have also been rumblings that India, South Korea, and Germany will be the countries most likely to be elevated to top-tier status next. Well, good for them. And I know yeah. it seems like India is a weird choice in that they are very much not a white nation, but they are very much a nation that's leaning more right wing every day. Narendra Modi is a nationalist. He's just a Hindu nationalist. So they aren't necessarily upholding white supremacy, but 
they are actively engaging in uh, suppressing their Muslim population, which we're all fine with as long as you're not threatening our business interests, apparently, because what India's doing is also uh, kind of a genocide. It's just not as overt, and it's, it's more of a social media-fueled thing where people are getting killed in India because rumors about them eating beef are circulating on WhatsApp. So people will uh, see this and then form groups and just go out and kill those people. And it's all Muslims that are being targeted. So India actually makes sense included in that group. And uh, mm-hmm. it's worth remembering, this is a group that's been around for 70 years And for 70 years, they were perfectly fine just being five nations. And now all of a sudden, in conjunction with all this tough talk on China, we're building a a much bigger team. And we've said it's with the intent of confronting China. So, right? It's going to be a nine nation army. army. Yeah. Can only add two, guys. That's it. Two more. That's the that's the cap. Oh no, and the so, war is going to be in Wichita. <laughs> and so I, I don't know if China's wrong in saying that it seems like the United States is building up their World War Three team to confront China because we're building up a huge coalition to confront China for something. And like we don't need all these other nations for us to just talk shit. Like we can mm-hmm. talk all the shit we need to. Like we're we need these nations in line for some other reason. A and uh, it seems yeah, it seems reason. like it might be that we're maybe going to go to war with China at some point. Does it seems inevitable, right? Who among us isn't going to yeah. go to war with China at some point? You know? Yeah, I mean, there, but for the yeah. grace of God, go any of us. And I, I feel it's also like maybe I'm dumb, but like especially after World War II, maybe I feel like everybody just sort of agreed huge countries fighting a regular war with each other is like way too destructive and bloody and messy and like no like they just talk about it and then nobody actually wants to do it or they do like a proxy war or a small thing you know i don't know i don't don't know if if we have this the stones to like actually try to do that yeah i don't know i mean if we're forced into it yeah i'll do it yeah yeah, jeff will do it (laughs) who am i warren i'll do it we've definitely been lined up against china uh ever since the end of World War II, when the, the war ended yeah. and we were like, Nazis, we'll take them. We'll take, we'll take as many as we can get. And uh, they basically built uh, at least our intelligence operations after World War II. They built our weapons. We can get to the uh, fucking moon mm-hmm. without Nazis, man. Yeah, yeah. That's always like, we, I, I've, I, I love when people do like the purity politics on like items when they're like, oh, did you know that this thing was invented by the Nazis? <laughs> and it's like, yep, so we're jets. But I'm not going to take a biplane across the country, so yeah. I'm going to have to lean in. The into CIA it. was founded by Nazis. It was half Nazis. Like, the CIA literally, when it launched, was half SS uh, members and half... What was the U.S.'s precursor to the CIA called? I think oh, the, the Office OSS? of Strategic Services or something like that. Yeah, yeah. the OSS. And... uh so, yeah, like it, it seems like we've been building up to this for some time. Do we think we'll win? You think we'll win a war with China? I mean, if mm, nobody wins, we gotta, let's elevate India real quick. We need those numbers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're talking recent military history, we're not doing great. Like we should be relegated to a, a lower league if, if we're still talking relegation. Look, I'm not going to lie, though. Fighting China would not be fighting in Afghanistan. 
it would be a vastly different situation. Yeah. Like that's that true. was a yeah, yeah. that was a scalpel move and this would be a broadsword. Like and yeah, it's just hard yeah. to imagine like either country deciding the objective is to like conquer the other's capital. Like it's not it's not Sid Meier's civilization or something. It it just doesn't I, I, maybe I'm dumb or maybe I can only think of the you wars are, that have yeah. been recent, but but my brain can't like process it. Yeah. If there's one thing we know about Alex Schmidt, dumb as fuck. <laughs> yeah. You're a stupid You only asshole. won, what, four days on Jeopardy? Yeah. So, yeah, it seems like we're going to war with China uh, at some point. Won't be tomorrow. Won't be today. But uh, it feels like we're building up to that. Or if nothing else, we're building up to deal with the possibility that they might try and start some shit, which they are trying to start some shit in the South China Sea. And I don't know. Is it, is it going to be a justified war? I don't Do know, we, but... We we have I saw this in our official policy and I did look this up. Um, uh, don't start none, won't be none. <laughs> right, that's I it's yeah. a it's yeah. a bylaw of the no snitching law. Yeah, yeah. and if you want to go to war with us, we are we're gangsters about it. We're we're warring G's. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what do you mean? He's the guy that did the I shot the sheriff cover. <laughs> great cover great cover he's also the guy who has a song called what's next where on the chorus he says what's next what's next what's n-x-e-t and not a single person in the editing process or mixing process was like that sounds wrong that sounds wrong let's look up how to spell next before we put this out ice cube spelling lynch mob well he had to do that because there's a rock band called lynch mob and so they couldn't have the same name. So he like had to call them. The shouldn't be called that. <laughs> yeah, agreed. No, no. A rock band full of white dudes should not be called Lynch Mob. Or they very much should be called that. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> was Leonard Skinner's original name, Lynch Mob. <laughs> Lynch Mob Skinner. Actually, Leonard Skinner in a lot of ways was a little more progressive than people give him credit for. Also, uh, controversial, best band of the 70s, Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinch Mob. Dang. I believe I believe they were. I, I think they were the best band of the seventies. Wow, more than Supertramp. <laughs> yeah, man, more than Casey and the Sunshine Band. I fuck with Supertramp pretty hard though. Supertramp was. F- I hate that fucking Breakfast in America song. Yeah. Take a look at my girlfriend. I don't want to. I have a wife, and also this song sucks. And my wife. <laughs> my wife. That's how I wake up every morning. Hey, I'm wife, and he. Uh... <laughs> so yeah, I think I think that's a sewed that's right sewed. We're, uh, this will probably, yeah, I hope this makes it to China. I always, I always love when, (laughs) like, I got written up in the Philippines press for comparing Duterte to Trump once. And it's like, I was never going to, but I definitely can't go to the Philippines now, I guess. I also do way too many drugs to set foot in the Philippines. Mm. I also just this last week was quoted in a UK magazine called Guitar Magazine in an article about George Harrison. Really? Oh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. They and it's like the end quote of the article. Ooh, because you're, I you're, put the, it, you're the exclamation point, Adam. <laughs> because I wrote an article. I don't remember what it was about, but it was apparently in 2013, and I wrote it for Cracked, and it apparently included the line: "If anyone tries to tell you George Harrison is not the best Beatle, congratulations, you've just met Paul McCartney." And they <laughs> fucking put that. They put that in the article, like, as the end thing. Because all things must pass. 
is being reissued because it's, I think, the 50th anniversary. Yes, I saw actually a big Dang. sign for that at a local record location. It's the best Beatles solo album by a million fucking miles because George Harrison only got two songs per Beatles album, so he had a stockpile of hits by the time that band broke up. He was princing that shit when it happened. It's a triple album. Like, he fucking had something to say. Which is greedy, to be fair. Like, you could have just spaced that out and made way more money. Or just make Mm -hmm. it a double album. There's a lot of instrumentals on there. It's like, finish that song before you put it out. Yeah. Come on, George. Jesus. Hare Krishna. No wonder your wife got stolen (laughs) by a racist. (laughs) He didn't care. I like the story where his wife had to save him from an intruder stabbing him because he was George Hari Krishna getting stabbed. He was just shouting Hari Krishna be, as his his religion dictates, and his wife comes in and is like, "Hey, fuck this! How about we stop this guy from stabbing you?" It's not Hari. She Krishna's got stabbed way, probably a couple times. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, buckle up, everybody. Hopefully, a, uh, hopefully a draft isn't reinstated. I mean. They're not going to draft me. Yeah, I mean, unless they need, yeah, unless they need someone to do podcasts on behalf of the war effort. It'd be like the Good Morning you know? Vietnam yeah. situation. I would do yeah. that for sure. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Lex, what do you got? I uh, well, because I make the podcast secretly incredibly fascinating. I think it's great, and also the three of us did one recently about Jimmy Carter, which, like, come to think of it, probably fits in with what we're talking about. Well, Jim McConnell, yeah. You know, recent American politics and stuff. And he was a big, a uh, when he was in the Navy, he was a nuclear submarines expert and a nuclear engineer. Mm. So he, it's, you know, it's basically his deal, this this alliance. It's the Jimmy Carter Aukus. Yeah, Jimmy, I didn't even bring up all the CIA yeah. stuff in, related, in relation to Jimmy yeah. Carter on that episode. So I should have. Realize, realize Jimmy Carter eyes. <laughs> it's pretty deep. That is. That is very pretty deep. deep. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me. Alex, you're done, right? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. You only the one thing? Yeah. Very precious. Uh, <laughs> I have cool friends. I have a podcast called Jeff Has Cool Friends. Uh, it is the sequel to the other podcast that I used to have for a company, but now it's not. So uh, you can check out Jeff Has Cool Friends at patreon.com slash Jeff May to get early uncensored episodes with a little bone con. Uh, and then you can also check it out for free a week later wherever uh, wherever podcasts are found. Here, right here, right, right here on this. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> on um, the internet. We're on the internet. Uh, yeah, we're on the Okay, good. Uh, you can also check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. And of course, on this network, you can hear You Don't Even Like Sports, a sports podcast about how Alex doesn't Jeff. like sports. Oh, yeah, Alex, too. Doesn't even like sports. Uh, and you can check that out. You can find us on social media. Got some cool stuff coming. And if you're going to be at Motor City Comic Con in Detroit adjacent, uh, I will be hosting panels there all weekend. Um, so come and watch me watch other people talk. Fun. It's on, the, uh, on my birthday weekend. Ooh. Uh patreon.com slash unpops unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech you can subscribe there for bonus episodes uh i think very soon you will also be able to subscribe to bonus episodes directly through spotify and apple podcasts so be on the lookout for that if you're one of those weirdos who insists on only listening to podcasts through spotify like some kind of corporate shill (laughs) says the guy who runs spotify ads on every net on every podcast basically uh so uh that'll be coming new ways to subscribe for bone con also uh now that i'm moved and settling in i'm gonna be launching a sub stack soon so uh you can give me money to write stuff again because if you thought i was just gonna do that as an extra patreon thing no, no 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 
not taking on a second job and not getting paid for it, people. So uh, that will be launching soon. It's called Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Friends. Oh, finally, uh, you're doing Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms. Yeah, I, I fucking set it up way back in October of last year. I had... I did that thing that a lot of people do where I got all excited and I like set up the site. I had Jen Scott make a logo for it. And then I was like, cool, I'll get to this eight to 10 months from now. Uh, but now I'm finally getting settled in and I'll be able to do that. So uh, be on the lookout for that if you miss when I was writing. Because uh, here's the thing. I was very good at it. I still get quoted in oh, yeah. UK guitar magazines <laughs> all the time. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Alex, say goodbye. Goodbye. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the Five Eyes rookie card, everybody. <laughs> All five of them. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye. Objects of Bristol Street Bring a blood object to Bristol Street I'm